Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of MAPS Season 17. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, how are you? I am good. I'm good. I was about to say Happy New Year because I couldn't remember if we've done an episode. We have. <laughs> we have. <laughs> Everything's such a blur. January is about to be over, but I am glad to be back. I listened to you and Allie. And you know what's so great about listening to you and Allie? It's like, yeah, you're sisters, but you can tell that you like each other. Oh, so easy flow and easy better. <laughs> and then it's like, you're so giggly. I mean, on a base level, you're giggly, but you're like more giggly with Ali. It's like, oh my God, you're having fun. And it's just nice. So it was nice listening to you guys. And Ali's funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I was giggling more. My sister is very funny <laughs> and she makes me laugh all the time. <laughs> She's funny. You know what? All three of us have never had an episode. I just thought about that when I was listening to you guys. I was having FOMO. One day, someday, you know? Um, I think it can happen. But, like, the reason why Ali has to step in is because you're gone. And, you know, you guys, I have a lot of travel for the next few months. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. We shall see how it goes. I do want to point out, though, that I know you guys loved Chloe's dress. I thought it was fuglet. Thank God she didn't pick it. I know she said she didn't want to be selfish, even though I think he would appreciate it. That dress was not cute in any shape or form or anything. Ooh, I love that dress so much that I was like, I must use it for our social media for this episode. I saw. I was like, two pictures. We got slides. She loved it. I was like, it's not even that it was pink. It just wasn't doing anything. It was just voluminous for nothing. I mean, I said it. I loved it. You did love it. It's all in the... But I don't... I will say this. It's not like I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she thinks it's ugly. I know someone could look at that dress and think that it's very, very ugly. I just didn't. And Ellie didn't either. She loved it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Yeah, she did. But yeah, I know y'all are out there. I'm not crazy. That dress was not cute. When you guys said it, I was like, huh, is it me, Jesus? No, it's not. Uh, so yeah okay updates what do we have this week okay so this week we're doing this episode which is last week's episode and we'll do this week's episode on time and then next week's episode will also be delayed got that guys we're just gonna be in up down but either way an episode will be out there for every episode of this show so far um, we will not have after party this week on Patreon, but we will have Christine's wedding from Sister Wives on our Patreon, as well as like recent Sister Wives news. 
Um, so yeah, check out Patreon for that. Thank you to all of our patrons. We're so glad that you guys come and listen to our bonus content and comment. And we have a lovely community over at Patreon. And if you feel like joining, go check it out. What eight said, thank you. So Tane, what is going on with these people? Because they've had a lot of time to do things. I mean, much like the season, again, they have a lot of time to do things, but they're not things that seem like report worthy. But again, I can't remember if I said this, but Iris moved, like I mentioned, she got engaged. So my assumption is that she moved either to be at the location of her fiance. I don't know, but she still hasn't told us what the location is. And watch this. Once this comes out, she's going to tell us and people are going to tell us this is where she moved to. She announced it. But as of the last time I checked, she was like, guess where I'm moving to? And everyone's just guessing different places. And I checked recently again, and I still have no idea where she has moved to. So, again, if you know, let us know. Um, This isn't really an update, but Katina posted a picture of herself on vacation with the beach and sand. And I'm like, I hope there's no larger one this time. I didn't see it, but uh, you guys touched on it briefly last week, the whole Katina Olajuwon <laughs> thing. But <laughs> um, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Maybe what, I was like, I'm trying to decipher what is even going on here. What is there to say? The whole thing is just messy and unnecessary because Katina is alleging that this whole time Olajuwon has had someone in his life, someone who has a kid, and I don't like it when kids are involved. Like, so, and he's been taking care of her. And then Olajuwon came out and is like, he's been honest the whole time. Like, what are you doing? You went on a show about being married and you basically like decimated this woman's self-esteem and you being off on, off on this whole time. And I'm just, I don't know what to say about the whole thing, but my only prayer and hope is what you've been praying and hoping is that this is the final nail in the coffin. And she removes this man from her life. Very messy. Very, very messy. Why go on the show? What do you get again? Maps is not where you go for clout. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it only works if it actually works. And also, I keep saying this, and I know we shouldn't blame the experts fully, but how do they not smell the bullshit on these people? Um, I, I'm, I, I see a lot of that discussion just everywhere. Like, why can't the experts figure out that people suck? In some ways, I'm like, why? In other ways, I'm like, I don't know. I've met a lot of sucky people who it took me a while to figure it out. So, I think there are two levels to things. Like, there's one thing where, oh, I want this, I want that in a wife, and it is fine. And then along the way, you realize, like, oh, you're not really who you thought or what you really wanted. But then there's, like who you are as a person, the fact that they meet them multiple times, they're just certain things you can't hide for too long. Like even if there's something, why would they just something little, just err on the side of caution and just disqualify them for that. I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't know. Like how did Brennan make it? That was a mystery, <laughs> but. I don't... Although, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Someone did say they mistook his, Divorce is not an option for commitment. And then they close their eyes to everything else and just said, oh, this is a committed guy. And that's it. Which is not a bad bet to make. I don't know. But he's so stoic. Like, 
that will overrule it for me. Like, hello, bot, 0.5, are you there? Any emotion? I don't know. So Maybe if they were to never experience success, we could be more on them. But it's like, they got the same information out of Nicole and Chris that they got out of Brennan and Emily. And one worked out great, and one is clearly headed for a toilet. So it's just, I'm not going to fault them too much. I just feel like it's a bit of a crapshoot. And I also, I don't want to blame them too much. I do. I'll do it. And I get, and I get what you're you're saying. I think for some, you might not tell, like maybe like the heiresses or something, because heiress wasn't really like much of a dickhead, but he was just not ready for this. But people like Chris Williams, people like Brennan, it's like, how? Like, what about that did you not smell? You know, so that's what I mean. But moving on, um, Ashley from the Chicago season was doing Ask Me Anything, and someone asked if she'll do an IG live during maps like she used to, and she's like, maybe next season will be better. <laughs> How many seasons have they been saying maybe next season will be better? <laughs> oh, man, I was like, this poor show. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, my final update is Lindsay from Boston. Apparently her sister is on Reddit answering questions about her and her sister's a therapist. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to delve into the whole dysfunction of it all. But well, she first just I just want to be like, Lindsay has a sister? Um, yes, that <clears throat> is true. We didn't hear about that sister. We only heard about the brother. Really? Yeah, there was a big thing about the brother and they were best friends, da, 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 and then we never saw that brother again. Um, I yeah. wonder if what she was saying was maybe someone is faking a profile, but that's not what I got out of it, so I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Really, truly... Oh, the final thing that I have is Virginia. Virginia just turned... Don't quote me. I want to say 30, but she had a birthday either way, and she went it to... It was 30, I saw. It was 30. Okay. She went to Utah, and I guess there's some friend drama and things going on. And you know Virginia. She puts everything out there. She was like, oh, maybe I won't talk about it. Then a little bit, she's like, um, she puts herself out there. She expects the same and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, boy. I wonder what happened. But I saw that Claire liked it, so I was like, it's not Claire. So that was the first person I thought about, but it's not. So uh, I wonder what happened. I think it will come out eventually, even though she said, Maybe I won't talk about it. That's all I got. It's something to be turning 30 and definitely doing some I'm in my 20 stuff on your social media, but okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. You ready to talk about this week's episode? Let's do it. Uh, I must say this is, this felt a little placeholder-ish. It wasn't a very exciting episode, but it was all right. Hey, we have two couple, one and a half, actually one point one couples. What the hell are we gonna do? There's really nothing else that they can do, and they should chuck it down to an hour. Really, I must say we start with Chloe on the selfie cam, and I get excited when I see Chloe because a um it's something new, and I just kind of like enjoy the new energy and the anticipation, like. Are they going to like each other? Are they going to be attracted to each other? It's like starting a whole new season in the middle. And I do enjoy when Chloe's on my screen. Uh, yeah, we did not talk about this. I don't know where people stand on Chloe, but for right now, she annoys me. 
I just, I, I, is she real? What is this? Oh my God, everything's so great. Oh my, she has the perfect answers for everything, which might make her a perfect candidate for Michael because I've complained about that, uh, about Michael in the past. Like he just has the most perfect answers. And I'm like, this is, I think someone said something like lifetime. She's like a lifetime. And I, for me, it's Hallmark. That's what I'm getting from her. It's like almost like, I don't know, do you have flaws? Well, I guess her flaws is that she's so perfect. She told us a hundred times, but honestly, it seemed producer made. Like, listen, we got to find a flaw here. And now we're being told that she's a perfectionist. That's like when you go to an interview and I'm like, what are your flaws? <laughs> like, I work too hard. I'm a perfectionist. But yeah, every time I see Chloe, I don't know that I'm getting uh, authenticity. And again, again, I'm not saying that she's not being authentic. This is just my read. And the sweetness is a little bit too much for me. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> suspect that you are wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying it's nice to have someone new. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just, <laughs> we hadn't talked about it. So I was just like, let's move on. She was the same on after party. So I was like, oh God, it is her. So, okay. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. She tells us that she's ready. She's excited. She's doing bride shopping. I was like, what is bride shopping? But they didn't tell us that. Um, so, yeah, that's what <laughs> she's doing. Next up is Austin and Becca. They're going to a place. And I had to, like, write this down word for word because I assumed that I would never hear this set of words again in my life. So Austin mm-hmm. says, I actually signed us up for a sexy naked people figurines terrain, terrarium building class. <laughs> I'm so proud of you that you wrote down every single thing word for word. <laughs> I was like, sexy figurine terrarium? What? What I wrote was, how do you even find something like this? <laughs> he he answered an after party. He sure did. <laughs> I think we knew that he's really into plants and he saw this thing and he thought it would be fun. He keeps up with all the plant stores and the plant activities and that's how he knows there's a sexy naked people figuring terrarium building class. (laughs) Say it again three times fast. (laughs) Sexy naked people figurines terrarium building class. (laughs) Good job. (sighs) So Becca's excited. Austin's uh, and it, Austin loves plants and Becca love plant, loves plants. And um, so they do the class. They blur out the figurines, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, she, she asks him if he's had sex in a bed of moss. He asks her to clarify, but he doesn't, you know, he just says he has had sex outside. She asks what he's into and she's like, I'm sex positive. So she's into what her partner is into. He says fingers are great, uh, talking about like dirt. And she's like, is that dirt lube? Nice and dry, rub it in there. We've seen this quite a bit where Becca tries to flirt, be sexy, be cute. I feel like Austin is only about 30% receptive. Like he doesn't shut it down, but he's not as into it as she is. It's a very, very strange thing. And you're absolutely right. And I agree. It's not like he's not into it. And then he's also visibly uncomfortable, which kind of ruins the mood. And we don't know what that is for, what that's about. I mean, the internets are half and half. Half are saying he's not into her and half are, you know, what people do, questioning his sexuality. But 
I don't know. I think we should move away from when someone's not interested to automatically just assume that uh, question their sexuality. So I don't know, but I guess so we can just think of like other reasons. There's also we cannot forget that there are cameras there. Uh, I think he comes from a pretty religious background. I'm not saying that is the reason, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Like maybe he just doesn't want to talk about this with, and, and this comes up actually on the show, like on national television. Some people are just not comfortable talking about sex publicly, talking this up on camera, like you said. And I'll, I will say, like my first thought went to the religious background and just being shy about that. But anytime I want to think about the reason for anything Austin does with his religious background, I think about his best friend saying, I have never heard this man <laughs> talk about religion until now. And that just always throws a wrench in my thoughts about that. Because I hope Kevin asks about that at the reunion, because that is on my mind a lot. Like, what does that mean that you are so religious to this point, but your best friend of how many years has never heard of it before? I also think that things can influence you without necessarily being obvious. Mm. Like you don't have to explicitly talk about religion, but the fact that you grew up in a religious household makes you do or not do or feel comfortable with certain things. Yeah. It's like how some people have Catholic guilt and they're not even practicing Catholics anymore. You know your people. Hey! <laughs> Look at that. Shots fired. <laughs> Oh, so Becca asks how often sex happens in his ideal marriage. He says once a day or every two days. Becca agrees. She also says, if more happens, nobody's ever going to complain. I was like, yes, Becca, some people are. Um, (laughs) And Austin might be one of them. Becca in an interview tells us that they don't have these conversations. So she's happy that anything she gets to learn makes her hopeful that this will progress into something. Austin asks about pegging, and then they laugh, and then he retracts the question. Hmm. When he said once a day, it just didn't even feel like it was his answer. It felt like he thought that's what she wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And the pegging was random. Because for someone who doesn't want to talk about that, I guess it is him making an effort. Here's what I find worrisome. If they don't have these conversations at all. And we're saying like, it's because it's on camera. So if the camera is not there, why can't he still have that conversation with her? That's worrisome to me. So next we have Cam on a selfie cam telling us that he's going to Boulder Hospital. We hear his diagnosis that he has a heart arrhythmia, um, that sometimes you can get by with it with medication, but he doesn't have a choice. The flutter is limiting and distracting. He says there's no need to contact Claire at this moment. He just needs to get it done. Once again, I think that's in a response to a question. Like, have you called Claire today to tell her about your surgery? And he says no. Did you catch the music? The the, the lyrics were, I got a brand new heart. Oh. (laughs) On the news. Uh, Next is Emily and Brennan and... They are just so dang painful at this point. Um, Basically, they talk about the previous evening. He says he feels better. She asks how she feels. She says, I don't know. Um, Basically, he says, I just wish you would have been more sympathetic for my fainting spell. 
something about a reset. I mean, I just don't think anything useful came out of this conversation. Um, he claims to understand that she didn't feel supported, um, but he's trying to do right by her and he's not trying to work hurt her and he's working on his delivery. They cheers to working on it. I laughed out loud. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 what do you think it is? Um, he's not into it <laughs> and he doesn't want to be the bad guy. And he's so into not worried about how he looks. And for someone who's so worried about how they look, he's doing a bang up job of it. I just can't believe how much effort Emily's putting into this. Like I would have reached my breaking point by now. And in an interview, Emily says, his apologies don't mean anything if he keeps on acting with minimal effort. And it's all been on his terms. She's so right. you can tell how discombobulated everybody's relationships are and that their activity this week is writing the letter to their younger selves. I mean, we have watched episodes where eight people write a, a, a letter to their younger selves. Spoiler alert, this this episode, only one couple writes a letter to their younger selves and it's Emily and Brennan. They didn't even make it like a focus. Usually in the past, it's like a focus. We get one of the experts give us like a little intro. We're hoping that when they do this letter, they'll be able to understand their partner. We didn't even get any of that. They just <laughs> dove right into it. <laughs> Oddly enough, they usually end up going outside for this part. And these two just sat in their apartment <laughs> and wrote letters in like separate quarters. We didn't even go to nobody's childhood home, <laughs> childhood high school. Uh, Lindsay took us to the woods where she used to go. We got nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> so she says that writing her letter was therapeutic, but her hand hurts. And she goes <laughs> first, of course, which is true. I can't write anymore, guys. Like, I just don't. It's terrible when I have to write things because I've lost the skill. Um so she goes first and she says in high school, she would tell herself to keep working hard. She talks about her dad and how he pushed her, but that he gave her motivation and drive. Um, Brennan looks bored when she's reading a little bit. Um, he has no emotion. He's not just... <laughs> so he asks if she felt good reading it and she says yes. Then Brennan says you know, he reads his letter and it's like, you're so future focused. Don't worry about letting anyone down. The people who matter won't leave. I'm like, you don't talk to your sister and you wrote that. That's a, oh, oh, oh. Um, your parents are good, um, but they don't always express it in the best ways and it will all be okay. So then they just start discussing lives and stuff. So Emily asked who he leaned on when he was at the age that he wrote the letter. And he talks about his friend's dad, who was a real estate guy. And like, he was like 13 years old trying to pick his brain. And half the advice that his friend's dad told him was just to be a kid. Back to his like motto of like, he needed to enjoy life a little bit more and be less serious. Um, Emily claims that she's getting a sense of his progress and growth when he opens up. And she's getting a sense of why he is the way he is. Good for you, girl, because I don't know. Yeah. The, the same Brennan before the letter was the same Brennan after the letter. Nothing. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. 
Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltaCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltaCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocall MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash MAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We get back and it's clear on the selfie cam. I guess he um, Cameron did call her after the surgery. He let her know that she was he was okay. She was super concerned. It does look like Claire is still living in the apartment. Um, or at least I she also, went there to film. I also think she's the one that called. I don't see Cameron calling him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, she asked him how she could support him and he said that since she tends to worry like why not hang back that's a very nice way i don't think cam wants any attention from claire at all nope again this negates everything she said on her last after party appearance because she seems so worried about him and she's still so racked with guilt so just wanted to point that out she i felt like claire was glad that she got the opportunity to let him know that she cared i also feel like the only reason we see the both of them when their relationship is long over, is literally because there's nothing else to show on the show. I'm surprised that they just didn't, they cut out Lauren and Orion already. But they've shown them in previews, which tells me that they're going to come back eventually. I thought it would be earlier, actually. Oh, the, I, I didn't see the previews. It's not anything we, oh, yes, they did. Where he said, can I have a hug? You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm, interesting. 
So we see Emily and Becca walking and honestly, there's a third person behind them, but we don't see that person and realize it's Claire until later. And then we see Brennan and Austin trying to use the grill. So just to establish Emily, Becca and Claire are hanging out outside. Brennan and Austin are like grilling food. Um, Emily brought some wine and s'more stuff. Claire asks if they're doing well. No one answers positively. I'm sorry. I just want to point out that I know she brought wine, but she brought alcohol with no chasers or water. That is bold. What do you mean? She brought like liquor? That's what she said. She said, I came with, I mean, wine doesn't need chasers, but she's like, I brought alcohol with no chasers or water. I'm like, are you trying to kill people? Or is that just me? I just, uh, that's, that's bold. I can't do that. She you need water. She's, she's a, you know, she's a partier. <laughs> Still. Actually, it's impressive. Let me say that. Uh, Brennan tells Austin that lots have changed. Lots has changed, which is, once again, news. He talks more about the reset. He calls it an interesting adjustment. Austin asks if it's good. He says it's been good for him. He's been trying to work through it. They're in a better place. This is all words with no meanings. Emily talks about how hard it is to hear each other. Claire says, well, you know, you guys are both reactive. Emily says they have different communication styles. She doesn't really agree with the reactive thing. Um, she says they just need to stay in positives and then they'll be able to persevere. Becca says she's trying and they all give her kudos. And she says she's back to being positive and fun and taking it day by day, which is, I, you know, I thought that. We don't say that. Um, Brennan says to Austin that it's critical that they don't have plans. That they take it week by week, day by day, so they don't divorce. But they are not giving up. So what he's saying is, if anybody tries to talk to me about the future, I'm out of here. If anybody tries to imply that I have to spend any more time with her beyond filming, I'm done. Um, this part was funny because if you guys can recall, you know, the girls do a bachelorette party where all they do is sit around and talk about how much sex they're going to have. And then these three are like, I mean, I can't believe that we're here and no one's getting laid. What a Um, (laughs) A month and a half nothing and with no silver lining in sight. And I think the funny thing is, is they believe that the three of them are not the reason why they did not get laid. Because that, uh, well, they're not, except Claire. I think if you were to ask Claire, it's that Cameron was, according to what she has said, she thought the man wasn't attracted to her. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But if you were to ask her, it's not her fault. Well, she's steeped in guilt right now. I don't. Hey, we'll see. I don't know. Becca says that she and Austin make out and that she's crushing the race to intimacy. That things are progressing wonderfully, but she would like for them to go further and faster. <laughs> That's funny. Further and faster. Austin tells Brennan he feels like he's made progress. Something about actively trying. Brennan says something about, you know, you're getting in your head. And he says it started as a little thing, but the talking about it, the pressure, and yes, it's getting in his head. He says something about the problem isn't the problem, but something that has come out of the problem, but okay. I kind of understood what he was saying. I, I, if if this is 
I think this is the same. Is this the part where he was talking about they're talking about it, but then when they talk about it, yes, yeah, uh-huh. too much in his head. I can kind of see that, and then it becomes bigger than what it should be, and then you just kind of just throw your hands up in the air and not do anything. But I think my stance on that is honestly, if you're just attracted, and I say this every season. If you're attracted to someone, all this being in your head thing, the attraction supersedes all that. Like, there's a reason why Chris claiming that he's not attracted to Paige, but still slept with them, slept with her and all that, because you're just, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's not a bad example because he's a terrible person. But if he really likes Becker, like he doesn't seem like a, a terrible human, just do it. Like, what is all the thinking and going back and forth and all that? So, I don't know. I don't know if I quite buy it completely. I see your point. I just, it's hard because I do think everybody's different. Um, And if Austin, later on, he's going to say that his standard time is like two to three months. So, we're still within that range of what he considers like a normal time. Yes. That is it. I I don't know. Okay. Let's put that aside. Let's take that into consideration. But those people he was not married to. If we play along with him, that's not right. I shouldn't say play along with the religious thing. Okay. And you're thinking, oh, maybe this is a sin and this is, this is whatever, but you're actually married to this person and you actually like this person and you're actually furthering there is a block. Like the one thing we can agree on is there is something that is stopping um, Austin from going further with Becca. We just don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't think the timing particularly counts here because if he was going to move slow, he would have married someone at, uh, at first sight. We've we've skipped that. That ship has sailed. So I don't think that timing thing counts. If that makes any sense. I think that you say, I'm trying to understand what you mean by it doesn't count. It counts for him. And, and I'm saying it doesn't make sense. I know he's saying that, but it doesn't make sense. If you know your timing is usually slow and you don't do anything, don't go unmarried at first sight. You The rules don't apply if you've gone unmarried at first sight. Because you've gone on a honeymoon, you've gotten married, you spend all your time with this person. It's not like a date, you go back to your house and we're getting to know each other, or there's the element of it's a sin to have sex before marriage. All that is taken out of the equation. But this is someone that you're allegedly vibing with and you're good with or whatever. So the reason is not because of his past timing, it's because of something else that we are not privy to and he hasn't shared with us, is what I mean. So they go on with their conversation and Claire tells them about Cameron's heart flutter, that he's having health concerns. She talks about the surgery. She says it's been really worrisome for her. She gets emotional. But the main thing is that he's okay and she's strong for him. And she realizes that she's here, whatever he needs her to be, not his wife, but whatever else he needs to be. If I was Cameron, I would wish that Claire would go away and leave me alone. Yes. Yes. Claire is doing that thing that guys do after they've broken your heart. They still want to be friends because they feel like, oh, if we're friends, then whatever I did is not that bad. And I feel better about whatever happened. 
like you said, if I was Cameron, I don't want my ex anywhere near me, especially when I'm going through a vulnerable time in my life after you rejected me. Like, I understand her guilt. I don't know if I understand it, but I get it. But that's not on me to make your life easier. You made a choice. But she keeps telling herself, like, I, we were meant to be in each other's lives. I'm like, does he agree with that sentiment or does that make you feel better? I don't know. Becca gives some interesting insight about how she's had surgeries and then people just kind of abandon you and you lose friends and people come back away from these situations. So she thinks it's good that Claire is checking in on him. And I would say that's another side of the coin. Um, Claire says, once again, you know, like in sickness and in health, I just didn't think it would, it's like, whatever. Um, she did say she doesn't want to hurt him more than she already has. I felt that that phrase was Frankenstein. Didn't. I actually think they did that a lot this episode. Long oh, really? things being said while the camera's not on your face. And most of it's pretty minor, like it's to fill in details or something. But I was mm-hmm. like, uh, hmm. That one was a little bit more deliberate. Ah. So after they uh, are done with their guide-girl conversations, we see them playing pool for like a minute. And then we see Michael come in and he's wearing the crown, which looked different from previous times. Um, I thought the last ones were multicolored and this one was definitely blue, but I'm sure it's the same one. Um, he says that he's going to give them an update, tells them the story about meeting with the experts and agreeing to be rematched and announces that he's getting married again. They don't seem very surprised. They already knew about this on the group chat. Um <laughs> They're all congratulatory. They're excited. Um, they talk about how he's concerned about having to tell her, like, eh, this is my second go around. Becca says rightfully that he did nothing wrong. This is evidence of how badly he wanted this. And he says it's a great point, and he says he's not broken. Um, Becca says they'll back up how great he is based on their very limited knowledge of him. Um, <laughs> Claire says nothing but good things will come from him telling her that. He invites them to the wedding, which I really liked. Um, we haven't yeah. seen that on best before, and I look forward to it, and I wonder how they're going to make them a part of it as much as possible. I can't remember if I mentioned it, but I was very curious to see if they'll be at the wedding because that's how they do it in Maths Australia. When they add the new couples later, they split them in two. They usually add, like, two couples later. So they split half the couples to go to one and half the other couples to go to the others. So I was trying to see if they were going to do that. So it looks like they're going to do that. And uh, like, like you, I'm interested to see how that plays on American TV. Although it's not all the couples, but yeah. Yeah, back in Austin, have to go visit his grandma. I wonder if Lauren or Ryan are invited to this. So that leaves actually <laughs> just Brennan and Emily who are probably, and maybe Claire, who are coming to this wedding. <laughs> That's like pouring salt in their wounds. Well, your marriage didn't work out. Come watch another couple have a second chance. <laughs> Austin is very positive, too. He's like, we don't know the new girl, but he has a good feeling that Michael's going to hit it out of the park. So we see Brennan sit down and have a computer call with Richie. We've seen Richie quite a bit, actually. Richie was at the wedding. Richie was at the housewarming. So, and he tells us that they talk every day, which... I, that tells me that this conversation probably has happened before and we're recreating it. Um, <laughs> Brennan says Richie's looking very fresh. Richie's like, how's it going? Brennan says he's not used to not having a romantic element in his relationship, 
But he says that they get along and have fun. Maybe at some point they have fun. Lately, I don't think they've been having fun. <laughs> Richie is like, so what do the experts recommend? And Brennan says to get deeper and focus on the emotional connection. Richie says that's good. Um, Brennan claims that he's trying to hug more. Richie is like, you can get stuck in your head about things. In the past, one little thing can trump any connection you have. That is called Richie telling on his boy, Brennan. Saying the truth. And backing up kind of things that Brennan has already said, which is that something about uh, Emily was a deal breaker, her party ways, her one night stand. Apparently this was the thing that he has done before where he picks a thing and he's like, I don't like you anymore. Richie says that he's worried about the romantic connection and the only way that they can do that is if they try and he said, Brennan tries to say that they've been having lunch and dinner together. Richie says, you can have lunch with your friend. <laughs> he says, be flirtatious, be fun. Don't make these things chores. He asks Brennan if he can improve. And Brennan says, well, I'm not doing everything perfect. I can do better with words and expressing. Um, and Richie says that they have to make time for each other. You have to ask her how her day was. You have to give her hugs. You should, you're getting too stuck in the, in the motions of adapting to what life should be. And I'm just like, this is not what I was expecting from Richie. I like Richie a lot for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brennan says they're going to talk more about serious stuff, unpack family stuff. And there's a possibility it might click at some point and that Emily is the most, one of the most wonderful human beings he's ever met. He thinks she's amazing. He's hoping the romance will come. Okay. I mean, he listed three things he liked about her. Last week, wasn't it just two things? It was one thing. It was one. So <laughs> the what other two three? were things that he enjoyed. <laughs> I'm. I found it interesting that he's hoping the romance part comes. I, in my mind, he's checked out. Last week on after party, he basically said she assaulted him. That was an accusation that should have come up again this week, and I don't know the format in which they shoot, but we're beginning to see that someone comes on, says something, and then someone comes on the next week, and they're not accosted with that. Quite frankly, we should be playing clips and say, what do you have to say? Uh, Yes. I think they run a really terrible line by having after party and also having a reunion. Because every time they don't bring something up, I'm like, is it because you want to hold the possibility to save it for the reunion? Mm. I think we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. Yeah, you're right. They'll never talk about it again. So not gonna do that. There's <laughs> a show, um, Ready to Love, that's like a dating show on OWN. And there's something they do towards the end where they have people have an episode that's dedicated to meeting their exes. I am interested in that happening on maps. Now, you have to find exes that are willing to do it, but I would love to hear from Brennan's exes because Brennan is a tool. And I'm just trying to see people who dated him in the past and how they survived. I want to hear the survival story. And that's all I was thinking the whole time when he was talking to Richie. I mean, I would love to hear from his exes or anybody's. So I think that's something, if they're looking for ways to retool maps, because I don't know where maps is headed, but I think that's something I would find interesting. Yeah. 
So back in Austin, she's holding a fake pickle. Then she says it's like a microphone and she's going to interview him. So she's like, why are you nervous? Does it feel like right before a big game, a little nerves are too expensive are, are to be expected? He asks, what game? He says meeting with the experts. She asks, what about meeting with Dr. Pia makes him nervous? She answers for him. Sex isn't your favorite topic to cover on national television. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's right. They agree that it's contributing to his nervousness. He says they obviously move at different paces. That can, of course, be grinding. They laugh. He says friction. Ha ha. Yeah, they talk about talking to Dr. Pia. At one point, they do call her Pia, not Dr. Pia. I was like, oh, James, gonna be mad. Um, <laughs> Becca says she wants to hear what Dr. Pia thinks. She wants to ask her, how do I stay patient? How do I make it comfortable? And he says she's doing a good job. And she said, does the pre-pickle help? And he says that it doesn't. So we hear the door knock and there's Dr. Pia. And I thought to myself, I haven't seen, am I crazy? But Dr. Pia has visited these couples more than any other expert. They're putting her to work. Yeah, that's my, that's the impression. Yeah. But I mean, when you think about it, Dr. Pepper has been there and Pastor Cal, but it feels like Dr. Pia has been sent on the, the big things. So maybe that's why it feels like that. Maybe that's why it does feel like she's been on more than she probably has been on. I, I, I... Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think she's been on a lot more? Or not? We'll see. We'll see. Perceptions, are they reality? But <laughs> she asks how things have been since the last time she was here. Austin says good. So Dr. Pia says, so we were working on intimacy... But that we aren't going to talk about intercourse. So she asks, how has that been? Austin says a little slower than anticipated. He feels like time has flown by and they haven't progressed that much. He feels bad that it's mostly on him. She asks what the barrier is. He says he likes to move slow. It hasn't gone exceedingly far. They have been intimate and had fun. Becca says it's great when it happens and it's surprisingly different difficult for her because she hasn't been in a relationship that moves as slowly and basically says that she does not feel desired. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. Austin very quickly, I'll give him this. He's like, I just want to squash that. Like the desire is there. He just moves slower than most. Dr. P is like, okay, well, what does that mean? And she, Becca says, well, it's hard to understand how he desires me, but he doesn't want to show it. I mean, she's even ready for a longer makeout session. And he's like, we do that. And she's like, not that much recently. Dr. Pia kind of pushes Austin a little. She's like, what's holding him back? And Austin's like, he doesn't know. They definitely have an emotional connection. And then waiting, he was more ready. But then they talk too much. And now he's in his head. Now there's a spotlight. Um, Becca said, it feels like a favor to me. And he's like, oh, I don't want it to come off like that. Um, And... He says it feels like it's tainted or something. Uh-huh. Dr. Pia is like, this hypervigilance about when to make a mood, it's taking away the excitement. She asks what happens, like, when you guys are fooled around, what made it stop? And Austin's like, it's all in his head, and he just needs to get out of his head. Dr. Pia is like, what about foreplay? How's about more? Is there a way to increase the intimate conversations throughout the day? Um, more so like tonight's the night. Becca says like the foreplay doesn't have to be sexual. Like 
It could be looks. It could be like sexy texts. It could touch. It doesn't even have to be physical. Austin's like, oh, that's new. Um, Dr. Pia asks about Becca initiating and she's like, I don't want him to feel pressured. Um, Dr. Pia's like, if he gets a sexy text, is that pressure? This man says he doesn't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this whole conversation is like, it's bad in the sense that it does seem like they're both on board and they're both trying. So I got to give both of them that. But you can be on board and still be going through the motions. I mean, Brennan says he's on board. <laughs> and it's, that's what we're getting from Austin. It's like he's doing what needs to be done, but it seems like checking a box. It just comes off better because he's a nice guy and he's not being a dick. It's just very overcomplicating a very simple question like do you want to have sex with becca and i'm not sure that austin can answer yes which is a problem big problem (laughs) in itself like i said the desire should be all consuming where you're just like i really like there's a difference between i mean i know he said the desire is there but even when he said it i was like do i believe this i don't know but it's like, it should be there. And I think there are ways to express that. Because listen, let's be fair. When We've had women on the show who, oh, I like you, but I'm not ready to have sex with you. No, that's not true. Because can you help me? Who can you say in the past that has said, I like you, but I'm not ready to have sex with you? Because I was thinking about Merla, but it didn't feel like Merla wanted Gil anyway, so... That's a bad example. Do we know someone who actually wanted their husband, but they were not ready? I have a hard time thinking of anybody. I think maps is sometimes a great way to show you that if you want to, you will. Yeah. Because the people. No, no. He had to, he was complaining about it until they eventually had sex. Right. No, I think he complained. It wasn't necessarily about sex. I think it was more about affection and interest in general. I'm trying to think of a couple who had, like, if you were to look at Becca and Austin now, religion and sex are their only issues. Does that sound about right? Yes, and not talking about deep stuff, I guess. So I can't think of another couple where literally everything seemed to be smooth sailing, except for sex. Hmm. Okay. I was trying to flip the, flip the, uh, the genders mm-hmm. where a woman said, Oh, I don't really want to have sex. And it's like, Oh, I'll go at your own pace or whatever. So I'm trying to give him that respect also. But again, like we've been saying, there's a way if the desire is there that you can come across your point, like, Oh, I really want to be there with you, but I just don't want to cross that threshold. But from what Becca is saying, it seems like even the makeout, like the woman is begging for a makeout. Like, even the makeout seems like she has to draw that out. So it's just deeper than just not having sex because she's made her peace with it. She's like, I'm respecting it. I don't want to give him pressure, put any pressure on him. But it's just the intimacy in general is just seems to be lacking. And he's not being honest, whether with everybody or himself, that either it's not there 
Because I it just doesn't seem like it's because he wants to go slow. Because you don't have to have sex. You can do other things. So let's talk about Emily and her weirdness on After Party. <gasps> yes. <laughs> because for some reason she chose to go after Austin for not having sex with Becca. And it was not a good look for Emily. I think Emily was in a bad mood or something in After Party. Uh, there was that. But yeah, let's talk about it. So she basically told Austin, well, I heard that you threw her off of you and said, get off me when you guys were making out and it made her feel very undesired. That's the summary of what she said. And Austin was like, I didn't do it. It didn't happen exactly like that, which was bad because um, that means that it did happen. It's so bad or reform, just not exactly the way that Emily said it. (laughs) He said it was a joke that he was like, well, whatever he said wasn't any better. He's like, get off me, you horny woman. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that is what she's been complaining about. And uh, you push her off. Yeah. And then she wouldn't let it go. And she just kept saying, so what did you do? So what did you say? And then Austin is like, I'm not going to go into detail with you about what happened, which makes sense because she doesn't have a right into what happened with both of them, especially since it's something we clearly see he's uncomfortable with. So that was kind of rude. And last week on After Party, Austin said when, you know, uh, Keisha asked him what he'd been up to, he said being married, which felt like, oh, they're still together. And then this week I was like, are they? Because why would you, Emily, be doing this to him if they're still together? It was your bad because they're speaking in present tense, not speaking in like what's happening in life. Like I'm still married. He just has been busy being married because they always speak at wherever the episode is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I just couldn't imagine being Austin being one of the people who are so great at it. They end with Dr. Pia on the note that they're going to work on removing expectations that anything needs to happen in a particular way. Dr. Pia says she can tell they have a connection, which I think is true. And she said, can we get into exploring each other's bodies, exploring our chemistry, and create your own sexual experience together? No pressure. That's Dr. Pia's solution to everything. Remove Mm -hmm. all expectations. Just set that aside. Remove all expectations. She's like, oh, you're not attracted to each other at all? Just set that aside. Remove expectations. Learn each other's bodies. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are back. We are back with a selfie cam from Michael saying that it's his wedding day. He's anxious, but not wedding day, but the wedding day is approaching. He's anxious, but confident. Chloe is telling us that she's getting her nails done with her bridesmaid and her mom. And then she's by the um, nail polish. And then she pans to the person that was getting like a pedicure that was further away. 
um, I was so sure it was her mom until she was like, no, that is my mom over there. And I was like, oh, but mm-hmm. we'll get a closer look of her bridesmaid because um, I don't know. I couldn't tell if she was older or if she was her age, but yeah, random. Okay. So Emily and Brennan, they are playing indoor soccer. Um, Emily tells Brennan that this was how she spent her weekends and she was captain. She showed off her skills and honestly, I was impressed. She schooled Brennan in that. I'm sure he wasn't happy about that. She looked, it's very fun to watch somebody do something well. (laughs) And you can tell that Emily knows how to play soccer. It was very fun to watch her do that. And Mm -hmm. Brennan tried to hold in the fact that she was beating him because he wasn't happy. I could tell. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Loki, that's what I think his real problem with Emily is, is that she outshines him in a lot of ways. And he can't have a woman that's going to steal the spotlight from him. That's my Loki thought on the whole thing, because that whole thing started from whatever happened during the honeymoon. But Brennan does say that he's impressed and it feels good sharing these moments. Um, they share stories of how they got better at their sports, like they were both the worst and they became the best. So while she says that her dad pushing her so hard took away from her loving the sport, Brennan on the flip side is like he wished that he had someone that coached him to help him be better. Brennan asked her like if her dad's yelling, like did that help having someone who believed in her? And I'm like, perspective is everything, really, because I could see both sides. (laughs) Like, one could say that Emily is just um, not appreciating her privilege to have someone that actually believed in her and helping her to be better. And instead, she's like, you just made me hate it and you made me do too much. And because Brennan never had it, he's just like, wow, must be nice to have someone that believed in you that much. I agree in that perspective is everything. But I also felt like his comment was like wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's saying this thing hurt me in these ways, you're just like, well, it could have been a good thing if I had had it. I don't know if that's the right reaction. Yeah, we're talking about Brennan here, Aid, you know. So she says, yeah, I hear you. I think she throws in a jab where she's like, well, now I don't give up on things, teams, or people. Mm. So. <laughs> Um, Becca and Austin have received a box. Becca brings in the box and makes a joke that it's like the Easter bunny, but instead it's Dr. Pia. Last week you and Ali weren't sure because I think Ali just realized that she was Jewish. And from what I know, she was raised Jewish, but now she's agnostic. But then she made this comment. She said, as a Jew, this is exciting. And I'm like, is this, was this part of her joke? I don't know. Because she just said she was raised Jewish, but now she's agnostic, right? So, yeah, that was what I was going to say. So they go through their box of goodies. And the first thing is a blindfolded obstacle course with each obstacle cleared. The one leading has to reveal something intimate about themselves. Austin creates a, an obstacle or a maze with the chairs and all that, which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, I thought it was pretty fun the way he did it. And then he blindfolded her and starts to lead. When they, when she crosses the hurdle and he has to reveal something, he was saying things that I didn't think qualified as intimate, but I think eventually 
he got there and then he said something like he really likes it when she talks dirty and then they got to another point where he's struggling to think of something intimate and then she has to whisper say something about my boobs <laughs> I, I, man this is tough and I, I don't think I don't know how she felt but I don't think this would have helped her like you shouldn't I don't know I don't know <laughs> what did you think about that whole scene Every time these people do these things, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. This is definitely a time where it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. And I feel like um, they do this all the time where Becca feeds him lines that they think are going to be edited out. Then they're not edited out where she's like, talk about my boobs. Oh, gosh. Well, she says she respects the fact does he doesn't have the same comfort level but if she's patient, good things will come. But I'm not going to lie. It did seem fun. Like They had the a good whole, time. Yeah. Game thing seemed like. It was but good. like Richie says, you can have a good time with your friends. <laughs> Doesn't make it <laughs> True. Okay. So Emily and Brennan. Dr. Pia stops by. And I'm trying to gauge where Brennan's head's at when they have that conversation before she comes because it's very clear that Brennan does not care for Dr. Pia. So I don't understand why they keep sending her because I think it's very important, much like when you're looking for a therapist, you just don't go to the first available therapist. You have to fill them out and find a therapist that is a good match for you. I'm not saying they're therapists, but they're experts. So if he doesn't respond well to her. Why don't they just send someone that he responds well to instead of Dr. Pia? I don't get that. I agree a thousand percent. So. That uh, I guess part of it is like, it's a TV show. You don't get to pick. Um, but it is a choice that they keep on sending Dr. Pia, even though he reacts so badly to her every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. So Dr. Pia asks how they're doing. Brennan says he feels good and he thinks they're in a good place. Emily says she feels like last time she was here was when everything went backwards and there was pushback on the exercises. Dr. Pia asks if he would be productive to talk about this now. And Brennan says, no, he doesn't think so. And he actually doesn't know where this is coming from when they had such a good day playing soccer. He said it would be good to move forward and not dwell on the past like they agreed. And then a part of me wondered if he just got through soccer so that he could say it was a good day, knowing fully well that an expert was coming that day. Uh, I'm so confused. Do you think that he said that? I think he just got through soccer and did his best to make it a quote unquote good day so that when the experts came, he could say, hey, we had a good day at soccer. Like he didn't pick any fights. He didn't say anything or be his true full self just so he could say like it was a good day because he knew an expert was coming that day. Okay. I mean, I think in my mind, I don't know if I buy, I I guess I'm just like, but how does it help him to say we had it anyway? Okay. It, It helps him so they don't talk because every time she was talking about anything else, he keeps saying we had a good day today. We had a good day playing soccer. Today was a good day. Why are we looking backwards? (laughs) So Emily says, like, she does think it's important for them to talk about it. Brennan says that, you know, 
They did a version of the touching, but they just did the hugging because it was better for them. And Emily's already making her faces. And she's like, yeah, we did. But those were also his rules. And Brennan comes up and then he says that hearing that is really frustrating. He says he asked her, what does she want to do? She says what she wants to do. Then she's like, come up with something. And then when he does, he asks, do you agree? And she says, yeah. I'm like, buddy, that's not true. That if whole process we... sounds very <laughs> adversarial. It <laughs> like... doesn't sound like fun. doesn't sound like people are on the same page. It sounds like a weird argument. How do you just make up stuff? Even if we go back to the hugging, he specifically told her, I'm not comfortable with the exercises, but how about we just do the hugging because I'm more comfortable with that. And she's like, okay, sure. Why, why, why are you lying? <laughs> so he says that he's also annoyed that she said they didn't do the exercises at all. Dr. Pia says, well, I mean, the exercise technically wasn't a hug. So technically you did do the exercise. <laughs> this is why he hates her. <laughs> <laughs> She calls him out. And then she asks, okay, why didn't you do it? And Emily says, he doesn't want to. She asks, do you know why he doesn't want to? She says, I don't know. And then she goes, why don't you ask Brennan? Brennan scoffs and is like, can we shift gears and talk about something positive? Because this is not productive. Once again, I ask, did Brennan know the show that he signed up for? Did he at least watch one season? Actually, this should be mandatory for all of them. All of you must have watched one season because this is practically what the show is about. He then proceeds to act like Dr. Pierre is not in the room. And then he asks Emily if she thinks they are making progress. I'm over his lack of respect for Dr. Pierre. Like at this point, it's just, it's just not even fun to watch. Oh, you're not the only one who's over his lack of respect. <laughs> Emily says, I don't know where she's going, so I don't know if we're making progress. And then he says, she's asking you to ask me a question. Dr. Pierre's in the room, guys. She's asking you to ask me a question you already know the answer to. Dr. Pierre said, um, she just said she doesn't know the answer. And then she just turns to Brennan and she's like, I am noticing a lot of pushback from you. And I'm not sure why that is, but every time I ask her a question, you jump in and you say, this is not where I want it to go. What is happening for you? <laughs> you can tell Dr. Pierre was at the end of her rope, but she was just trying to get it together. And this man says, every time? And she <sighs> says, well, more than not. And she's experiencing it as being pretty defensive. He says, the intent of this is to talk about how they will move forward, not to talk about the past. And he also thought they were on the same page and what they wanted to accomplish today. And Dr. P is like, okay, I am hearing two different versions. From you, you're saying everything is great and fine. And Emily is like, that is not her experience and she wants more information. It feels like Emily is holding back from what she's truly feeling, what she wants to say, and she's questioning herself. Dr. Pia does gracefully say, I don't know if it's because of me. I don't know if it's your dynamics. And she doesn't know what's going on. And all she's trying to do is clarify. 
Emily says that she's open and honest sometimes. She feels that if she says things that don't align or not good to hear, she feels like she's going to get defensive comments. But even the way she says this, she's very careful with the way that she says it. And in the confessional, she says, Brennan is very reactive off camera, which isn't seen because it's not what he wants people to see about him. Okay, we will be right back to talk about Dr. Pia's response to this. Just a reminder, guys, remember you can listen to this episode ad-free on our Patreon. We have a $3 level where you can listen to this without ads. Okay, so Dr. Pia says that, is she correct in saying that Emily always says yes to what Brennan wants, and Emily says yes, and a lot of it is because of the turn of how he just changed on her post-honeymoon, and she feels like she needs to do that to keep things afloat. She said, that being said, that doesn't mean that she hasn't stuck up for herself when she felt like she hasn't been spoken to or treated well, but sometimes it's easier to say yes. She asked Brennan if he has any comments, and he says, I don't know what she's talking about. She always speaks her mind, and he has no idea where this is coming from. He says that she tells him something, and she says, I don't know why I was nervous to tell you that you reacted greatly. Then they come to this, and she says, I'm nervous to tell him things because I don't know how he will react. Emily says, that's literally the same thing you just said. And I laughed out loud. (laughs) She's not wrong. Dr. Bea asks him if he thinks that he's being defensive. And instead of just saying yes or no, he says he thinks that when someone comes at you in a way that's unfair, you're allowed to defend yourself. But the problem is when you think that someone is always coming at you in a way that's unfair, you're always going to be defending yourself, even when they're not coming at you. So Dr. Pierce switches gears and asks Brennan, you know, in your friendships, (laughs) do you talk about difficult things? I'm not going to lie, Aid. I did think it was a little patronizing, but I mean, he deserves it. (laughs) The funny thing is, is that because we just watched him talk to Richie, I was like, huh. He can honestly answer that question as yes. And I'll believe him because I just saw him do it with Richie. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, I also think like, if if anyone who watches soccer, it's kind of like an own goal because if you're asking this man, if he talks about difficult things, that's something you should know the answer to because you're the one who (sighs) matched him and thought he was good enough. And I don't think you would match someone you don't think we'll talk about difficult things because that means you're not an adult. So that's why I kind of thought the question was a little patronizing. He says yes all the time. She says, do you allow your friends to challenge you or push you? He goes, yes, all the time. Then he goes, she goes, are you comfortable with Emily doing that to you? And then he shut down, he's shut down again. And he says, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Running that he was honest. Um, I also think it's an unfair question because when he's with his friends, there are no cameras and everybody else is not watching. So that's different. Dr. Pia asks him what he's feeling right now. And he's like, I feel blindsided. She asks Brennan, do you trust Emily? Um, that's a setup. Clearly, he does not. He says, well, 
He doesn't say yes or no once again. He says, we are rebuilding trust right now. Dr. Pierre asks what he needs for her to rebuild the trust. And just as I was wondering, oh, what did she do to break the trust? Emily says, what did I do to break the trust? <laughs> and Dr. Pierre tells her, hold on, let him answer the question first, which I didn't like because I thought that was a valid question. And then he says, when we say we're going to do things and we actually do them, Dr. Pierre asks him to be specific. He says our plan was to go into this and he gets that Dr. Pierre was the one who asked, but they didn't have to get deep into this. I just, you were supposed to keep it surface with the experts. This doesn't make any sense. Dr. Pierre says, so what I'm getting is trust for you is consistency and how in this scenario can they make room for someone to change their mind? He says communication. She's like, how can she do this in a way that doesn't make him defensive? He says by saying, I know we did this, but now this. And Dr. Pia says, what I'm hearing is you want to be validated and acknowledged. And then she asks Emily, can you do that? And Emily says, what do you mean? And honestly, that's how I felt. I don't know what this conversation was. I thought it was BS. I think the producers got in Dr. Pia's ear and were like, okay, you need to cut some slack. So it's not like you're siding with Emily. And then she just kind of switched gears because I don't know what Emily could have done when she was just answering questions that Dr. Pia asked. So for him to say like he felt blindsided and she came in and veered away from the plan, she was just answering honestly. So I, I, I honestly don't understand what Dr. Pia was going with this conversation. I felt like this is like a, a therapy thing. Like, clearly, Brennan felt under attack. His behavior had to be addressed. And Dr. Pia's way of sort of, like, compensating for him being rightfully held to account was to give throw him a bone in the form of Emily trying to contort herself to yeah. uh, to, to help him in his emotional whatever. That was yeah. some bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Absolute. So then her explanation is that if Emily acknowledges his effort because she's leading with what isn't going well and is discrediting him, and then I think this is the part where he's nodding so vigorously in the background, Emily says that that's hard because that's hard to hear because she's gone above and beyond for him to not feel that way. And then Dr. Pia says they're experiencing the same thing, although context might be different, so they don't get each other's perspective. I don't know what that means. I don't know at this point what Dr. Pia was saying. So Emily says that she tries to be constructive and be honest. And then she starts to tear up and she's crying. She says she does care about him. And he says he cares about her. And he's sad too. <laughs> and this is not the relationship they wanted. Emily says she thinks they could be better. And Dr. Pia asks Brennan, do you think change is possible? And at this time, I was ready for a scene change. This was too long. This was unnecessary. <laughs> this did not go anywhere. But, oh, wait, we don't have any other couples to move on to. So Exactly. It doesn't matter what they ask. Brennan's answer will always be same. So there's nothing here. The scene was just infuriating. I felt for Emily. But on the flip side, I think this is a good time to talk about After Party and the whole Keisha and Emily conversation. It's so funny because Keisha, granted it was a different context, mm -hmm. 
But Keisha handled Emily's defensiveness much better than Dr. Pia handled Brennan's. I was good with how Dr. Pia handled Brennan's defensiveness up until the point where she involved Emily in placating him. Yeah. Um, I think that in After Party, Emily took the place of Brennan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I-, I wasn't sure how I felt about the whole thing until Keisha explained it, and it's true. She was just doing her job. Like, yes, I, I think, okay, from Emily's point of view, Emily's just over it. I get it. She's on the one on the receiving end of Brennan's bullshit. And we could see that he was just bullshitting his way, whatever, we're doing good. Clearly, you're not doing good. And I think Emily was just taking it back, like, why would anyone believe what this guy is saying? But what Keisha was trying to do was, like, You're saying it from your point of view, but you have to walk the viewers through it because there are things that Emily was mentioning happened off camera that we don't see. So walk them through so they know what happened. And Emily kept saying, I said something. And then he said that. What did you say? (laughs) That was the part that was really missing. Emily was not saying what happened. She was saying how she felt about what happened. And Keisha was like, can you say what happened so that we can understand why you felt that way? And oh, Lord. Emily just kind of, you know, just a bad day. And when you put that in context with the accusation that Brennan made saying that she attacked him, basically, in the bathroom, Keisha was giving her an opportunity to like, hey, be clear about what exactly it is. So no one's going to say like, you said this and it's wrong and all that. Just like be open and just transparent. I also think it would have been a good time to ask about that accusation because that's pretty heavy. I Where I, I, I'm looking for space for, but then I feel bad looking for the space for it. I think we're pretty clear that Brennan sucks. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is not debatable. I think he sucks. Um, I am starting to wonder if Emily is not that great either. Yeah, because wait, what did he allude to? Like when she drinks a lot or something, she tends to lose control, which, and, and then... Part of why it was great that Keisha was asking, what did you say? was like, is it a situation where if Brennan is correct, did she drink and did she say something or whatever that made him upset? Or just, here's your stage. Set the stage and say exactly what happened. But yeah, it wasn't a good look. It's very, very difficult. I want to, because it's very difficult to try to explain your relationship, even as we watch it on camera. Um, I don't think that's a very easy task. I'm not saying that it's something Emily should really even have to do. But, though, I you can't just talk to Keisha any which way. All Keisha did was ask you what you said and ask what happened. And you flipped your little uh, a little on her. And this is following up you being super rude to Austin for no reason. Mm-hmm. So... While you might, maybe it's because you're over the whole experience, or maybe this is who you are. Yeah, I think at some point though, I think didn't Keisha put her finger up to say, "Let me, let me explain something to you," because I think some people do think that Keisha was rude, but she I was not. I want to see what these people would do if they were in that situation. She kept her cool. And- I wouldn't have kept my cool. <laughs> I'd be like, "You're not gonna talk to me like that." All Keisha was. And this is what I did not like because. Keisha actually asked her about the situation that we all saw. 
That's where Keisha was keeping her questions to. What did we just see? Emily's the one who decided to introduce, well, last night he gaslit me. Keisha's like, well, what happened? Are you not really? I, but, but you introduced a whole thing that wasn't on camera that we did not see. So now you, I just felt like Emily was being rude for absolutely no justifiable reason. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Agreed. It would even be better if you said, I don't want to answer this. That makes more sense than whatever she did. Yeah. I would kept thinking, like, when they go on commercial break, what happens then? I would kill to be a fly on the wall to see what happened after that scene. (laughs) So... Austin and Becker at home and Austin is setting a mood in the house. Um, Becker says this is new because she initiates intimacy 99% of the time. Austin has petals and candles and all of the thing. He claims that he tried to make some candles into her boobs. It did not look like boobs at all, but okay. So they start uh, ask, answering questions or something. And they asked, like, her favorite part of her body. And I think this man started going about smile and this and that. But then he was like, her boobs take the cake. Um, they ask where they would want to have sex at. She says the balcony. He makes faces at the balcony. Um, they ask about his best sex move. And he's going, I, don't, I can't remember what he said, but she's like, uh, as they're talking about it, he's like, maybe I shouldn't reveal it and blah, 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 in a playful way. Um, she says, you should know that this to her is foreplay. And I will agree, this was one of the more relaxed scenes of them when it came to intimacy. It didn't seem awkward, and he actually seemed into it. Mm-hmm. Then he, I don't know, while they were talking about it, then he suddenly goes, you want to do the other thing now, the play, and then I'm like, I don't, I don't get what is happening. And then the cameraman doesn't leave, and they start making out, and he seems like what the old school people might call heavy petting because he's rubbing her butt and all that. And I'm like, okay, camera guy, are you gonna leave? Let's make it happen. Austin kicks the cameraman out, and you know, it doesn't matter because an after party, we find out that they did not have sex, so. I don't know. But let's talk about how we found out. Because once <laughs> again, that girl Emily was really on something. Then she's like, well, I heard that after all of this, nothing happened. And poor Austin, I'm sorry, I felt bad for the man. He was like, something happened. She's like, well, you guys did have sex. He's like, but something happened. Um, I don't think that Emily has the right to make Austin defend whatever happened with him and Becca to him. Like, oh how rude. None. Like, until you're... The thing is, it's different if she's asked. Like, if Keisha says, oh, you talk to Becca a lot. Like, did you know what her point of... She just inserted herself. Like, if your friend confides in you, it's called confidentiality. Like, just shut up. Do you think half the other couples who are on the after party don't know things? <laughs> and there's... To me, it wasn't... Okay, I, they get on after party and everybody said stuff. It just felt like she was weaponizing it and going after him. Like, it's not like he said something and then she 
like was like, well, you know, like was trying to get him to say the truth or something. She was just putting his business out there for no reason to, to beat him up basically. Oh, and it wasn't just that. Remember she was like, are you the one who set the mood? Are you the one who got the candles? Are you sure? Is it you? She was basically antagonizing him the whole time. And I'm like, whoa, this is not, this is ugly. I'm like, what? I guess my question, like, what did Austin do to Emma? But Austin is friends with Brennan. Let's not forget. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was just not a good day for Emily. I don't She needs a break. She's been on almost every episode of After Party. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe she just needs a break. But yeah, that's uh, how the episode ends, you know? So, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Becca because I feel like she's doing two things very well at the same time. She's being very respectful of Austin and his limitations while also asserting her own needs. Um, She's not just letting it go like, oh, it's okay that I'm not getting what I want or what I need out of this relationship. We'll just go at your pace. She is saying, yeah, we'll go at your pace, but this is how it affects me. And I admire and respect it very much. Okay. Who has your bouquet? My bouquet goes to Richie. Listen, if you're going to be best friends with Brennan, you need a medal. But also, I just really like the advice that he gave when he said, stop making it feel like a chore. Like, that, that's wise words, wise words. Who has your burnt ashes? I mean, if we're going to cover After Party in the regular episode, then I get to give my burnt ashes to people. I don't know who Emily thinks she is to talk to Keisha that way. <laughs> and to attack Austin that way. I'm sorry that she got put in a position where she feels like she has to be like to everybody, but take two deep breaths and take a couple steps back. That was very poor behavior. (laughs) Who has your burnt ashes? I'm going to give my burnt ashes because I'm tired of giving it to Brennan. He's a given at this point to Dr. Pia. I did not understand three quarters of the conversation that happened and it shouldn't be at the expense of Emily. And I don't know. I don't know that it was helpful or it was useful. So yeah, she gets my burnt ashes. All right. What a week. What a week. I can't believe I started off this episode saying nothing happened. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. Let us know if you liked Claire. What's her name? Chloe's. Let us know if you liked Chloe's dress. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We do. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the episodes. And please give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget the episode will be back to regularly scheduled programming. See you guys then. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.